Hey there, Super Sober Heroes. It's your host, Sober Steve, the podcast guy. And before we jump into today's episode, I want to take a brief moment to ask for your help to shape the future of gay A. Over the years, this podcast has grown and evolved as I've grown in my sobriety. And recently, I've been investing wild amounts of time, money, and energy to find ways to level up this podcast so it can get heard by the people who need to hear it. I want to take a brief moment to check in with all of you, though, to see what you love about the current show and what could be better as I'm growing and moving forward. In the show notes is a three to five minute survey for you to complete. I kindly ask that you pause this episode and take the time to complete it if you haven't already. You are kind enough to give me 20 to 40 minutes of your time each week when you listen to these episodes, and I want to make sure it's time well spent. So please let your voice be heard. Thanks, SoberPod, and enjoy the show. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Gay A, a podcast about sobriety for the LGBT plus community and our allies. I'm your host, Steve Bennett Martin. I am an alcoholic, and I am grateful for the ability to begin sponsoring now that I've completed my 12 steps. As of this recording, I am 408 days sober, and today we're welcoming a guest to share their experience, wisdom, and hope with you. Welcome to the show, Jordan. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, why don't you introduce yourself for the listeners? Okay, so I'm Jordan, and I'm 844 days sober. Yeah, it's great. It's really good. That is excellent. <laughs> and let's just jump right into the thick of things. I mean, what was your journey with alcohol like? I started drinking when I was really young. So I had my first drink when I was 13, because where I grew up is it's quite a huge drinking culture, and there isn't a lot to do here. So alcohol yeah I started drinking when I was really young and then as I got older it got more yeah so I started drinking way more and then I went through I'd probably say I went through a really bad breakup and it was quite an abusive breakup as well so it made me turn to the bottle quite heavily and I would drink to blackout, so I didn't have images of what had happened there. And then I moved to the UK and just carried on drinking way more. And it became every day. It became started being introduced into the morning of my routines. And, yeah, I just couldn't live without it, basically, at the time. That's what I thought. So, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of a little bit about my drinking. (laughs) Yeah, I can certainly understand that experience. I know that, you know, big changes in life always definitely triggered me and caused me to drink and drink to blackouts. So I definitely feel you there. What happened that prompted your sobriety then? So I was living in London and I had noticed I was losing a lot of my closest friends and family to me because of my lifestyle my drinking lifestyle but I kind of couldn't see it if that makes sense like I blamed everybody else it wasn't me when really it was my fault this was all happening and when the pandemic happened I yeah so I was living in London and I got a phone call from my mum and she said look you need to sell your shit in the flat and you need to move back to Guernsey and we you just need to come home so I moved back And then I was told I wouldn't have to isolate. And my mum made me isolate for two weeks. And I asked her, I said, could you bring my bottle of vodka uh, upstairs to me, please? 
and she refused which I'm so grateful that she did that and it was I gotta say it was probably one of the hardest things I've ever done I was having night terrors hot and cold sweats I was violently sick my emotions were so erratic and I did the two weeks and I thought I'm gonna try and do a month of trying to yeah trying to get sober and then a month I started reading books of like the unexpected joy of being sober and the control the naked mind of alcohol I think that's what it's called and then I noticed that it takes three months for alcohol to get out your system and then I was like oh sod it let's do six months and it's just been going like that really and that's what really helped me so it's all thanks to my mum if I'm honest getting me to give up alcohol so I'm very grateful for her. Yeah, that is awesome. I mean, not, not that you had to go through the, the those two weeks, but I mean, it's awesome that she did that for you and that you, you, you kept it going because, I mean, she certainly yeah. helped start it, but you were the one who kept it going. Yeah. And what what would you say some of the bigger changes in your life are now that you're sober? Biggest changes. My wanting to go out, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. I used to always get FOMO. I always wanted to be at the next party. Don't get me wrong, I'm still like that. But I now know when to go home and to call it a day. So I'm like, I think that's probably one of my biggest changes. But also, you notice who your drinking friends are, like your party friends are and who your true friends are. And again, I'm very grateful that I moved back home because all my friends, my closest friends are still here and we're all very much still friends which is great so but that's probably the biggest changes so and also waking up in the morning and not I have anxiety from probably years ago of stuff that I've done but not having that like anxiety anymore which is great like I don't miss that and yeah just being how feeling healthier and enjoying the days instead of being so negative and emotional yeah. yeah, being able to be sober and present is certainly a blessing. I mean, what, what would you say one of your favorite memories of being sober or experiences of being sober is? Do you know what? I'm going to say my sister's wedding. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I say that, I um, so my mental health has never been great. And I think with the alcohol, it was, I don't know, just awful train wreck basically my mental health with the drinking and everything but the day my sister got married or the day she got married I got to do her hair and I am oh sorry it's setting me off that's something that I will cherish because I have never felt those emotions run wild like that before as in happy tears I couldn't stop crying I did her hair for her wedding and I'm just glad I was sober for it and I can remember everything about the day and I didn't ruin it. So that's like a plus. So yeah, that's probably, yeah, the best. That's awesome. I know that I was like five or six days sober when I traveled up from Florida to New York for a friend's wedding and it was just definitely trying. So I think I'm ready to experience a wedding sober now, but one weekend was definitely a, a trial of sorts. Yeah, I could imagine. (laughs) (laughs) Now, how do you feel your sexuality played a role in your addiction? Well, that I think because where I'm from, there's no gay bars. Mm -hmm. So 
when I moved to the UK, I wanted to be out all the time and it's gay bars and gay clubs and there's alcohol everywhere. And it was, I think it, yeah, I just felt like it was, yeah, it's just everywhere. <laughs> and I, I, it just went hand in hand, really. Like, it was also, I noticed that I used to get so drunk, I didn't care who I went home with. So, I, yeah, I, I think now I've got a lot more respect for myself, which I'm really proud of. So, whereas the drunk me had no respect and didn't care. And whereas now, yeah, there's a little more respect. So. Yeah. And how do you navigate or feel your place in the gay community is now that you're sober and in recovery? I am yet to go on a date with someone who's sober. And I fit, I was dating a lovely guy and he respected my not drinking, but it just, it just didn't work out me and him. But I find it very difficult being intimate sober Mm -hmm. because I think when you're drunk, you're just like the confidence is there. You feel like you're like somebody else and behaving like somebody else in the bedroom. Whereas now you're like, shit, there's no, there's no confidence. Like I'm going to feel everything. Like it's too close for me, if that makes sense. Like as in the intimacy is so close it kind of almost freaks me out a little bit, if I'm honest. So I I kind of, yeah, I struggle with that. If, if Yeah, I think that's what I'm really struggling with is also dating sober and because I've hooked up with a guy who was really drunk and it just made me, re- just made me feel really uncomfortable. And I think I'm glad that's happened because now I know what I want and what I won't let happen. Yeah, I mean, I, I know that so oftentimes, like especially when your experiences with sex well, go hand in hand kind of with drinking or being out in clubs, like when you take that out, it's kind of like you're having to relearn what it's like to be intimate with someone. Even yeah. in a married relationship, I know that it was like a big deal, like the first time that I had sober sex and I wasn't like, you know, smoking up or getting drunk beforehand so that I can like let loose of my inhibitions like now I have to like yeah. learn how to like be comfortable in my own skin without that kind of band-aid yeah no definitely and what are some practices you use in your daily life to help keep you sober at the beginning it was I journaled and I journaled a lot and sometimes I actually read back through them mm-hmm. to remind me of why I'm sober and it was also metal straws so I would have a drink, any drink had to be through a metal straw and in a gin glass. That was my go-to. That was all at the beginning and and reading books just to teach me new things and going to the gym, I find that really helps with my sobriety. But I probably don't journal anymore just because of times timings and I used to have a blog as well and that really helped I was able to share my experiences and it went quite in depth because it was just really nice to write it down and share my experiences but again gotten so busy at work that I haven't really got time to keep on top of all of that but I do flip through the journals and if I am feeling really low I will pull out a journal and write down stuff 
Yeah, for sure. And, you know, especially, I mean, I've been doing the audio recordings like since getting sober pretty much right away. And it is interesting to go back and kind of hear what it was like when I was first getting started. I mean, what are like one of the one or two interesting things you've noticed in terms of reflecting back on those first few journal entries? How, how apologetic I was to everybody mm-hmm. when I looked, that's what I kept writing in my journals. It's like, and how much I hated myself for everything that I've done. And yeah, I look back and I don't hate myself anymore. Like that, that happened. And I'm also, I used to be, make, be really ashamed of my past. Like I was really, was quite horrible to myself about it all. And in fairness, I'm actually, you know, it's my past and I shouldn't be ashamed about it, ashamed, ashamed about it. And I have a lot more love for myself, which I think is really important. Yeah, that's beautiful. And what's one piece of advice you would give to someone who's newly sober or sober curious? New, new, so I would stick at it. Just honestly persevere. I, I've heard AA meetings are really good. I didn't do it. I kind of did it all on my own back just because we were in lockdown for three months. So I kind of had it all at home and all the alcohol was locked away from me anyway. So being away from everything was really good for me and that it really helped it's kind of just changing your almost changing your lifestyle a little bit just on I you know you some people go for a drink after work maybe skip going for a drink after work and go for a walk like walking really helped me with the sobriety but I definitely think if you're sober curious I definitely would recommend doing it if you're even if you're curious about it and you think you have a drinking problem, then that's the time that you really need to pull out some like sober books. Like that, that's what really helped me. Honestly, the unexpected joy of being sober was the one for me. And it just makes you really think and understand that you do have a drinking problem. Yeah. I'll have to check that one out and I'll be sure to put in the show notes for people to find. Yeah. Uh, now in recovery, I've learned like no matter how we get sober, whether it's in the rooms or programs or doing it ourselves, we we generally f- cling on to a couple's sayings or quotes that we love to live by. Do you have any favorites? Yes, this was this was the one that used to always help me, and I hope that I say it right. My dyslexia sometimes <laughs> makes me say it the wrong way around. So, if you can't have one, have none at all. Yeah, that's, that's what. Yeah. That's a good one. One was never enough for me. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Excellent. And if someone was interested in kind of following you to like learn more about you, what would be the best place to find you online? My Instagram handle, which is the Sober Party Boy. And that's why I talk about sobriety and things. Excellent. I'll be sure to put that in the show notes too. Thank you. Thank you so much, Jordan, for being on. It was a pleasure getting to hear more of your story after following you for so long. Thank you so much. And thank you listeners for listening. Please stick around and head on over to our Patreon page where we're going to talk more about Jordan's experience as the sober party boy. You can do that at www.patreon.com backslash gay a podcast. Uh, meanwhile, if you're interested in sharing your story, getting involved with the show or just saying hi, I'm an email away at gay a podcast at gmail.com. And be sure to follow us wherever you're listening right now so you can get new episodes when they come out every Thursday. And until that time, stay sober, friends.